Cecil Shorts the third with us. It's time for a Drew's Dozen. But Cecil, before we get into all that, we got to talk a little bit about what's going on because you and I have not spoken since before the pandemic began. Back then, a lot was different with this Texans team. The draft class had not happened. The trades had not happened. First and foremost, how are you and how is the family doing? Uh, I'm doing well. Family's doing good. Um, as you probably know, you got kids and a wife. It's a lot of grocery shopping. Um, they're <laughs> on my nerves and I'm on their nerves. So it's, <laughs> it's a lot going on, but we're doing all right. God bless you. I have four children. You have seven children, so I don't even know what sort of uh, world of hurt you're in. We're going to get into that a little bit later in Drew's Dozen. But let's talk a little bit of Texans because, like we mentioned, so much changed. Revamped receiving core. You still have Will Fuller. You still have Kenny Stills. But you've added in two really major pieces in Randall Cobb via free agency and Brandon Cooks in that trade. Plus, you still got DeAndre Carter and Kiki QT kicking around. So, what do you see from this core as a whole right now, Cecil? I think as a whole, they're better. They might be the best, the best core they've had since O'Brien's been head coach. You know what I mean? They're, they're pretty deep. You got Brandon Cooks, who's a veteran for the last five years, over 1,000 yards. Um, Randall Cobb, who's a veteran. We actually came in together, um, but he's played with the likes of Aaron Rodgers, made long playoff runs. Uh, then, of course, Kenny Stills and Will Fuller. So with those top four, and then you can't you can't forget about Kiki Futi, who's had success, and then DeAndre Carter, who's made plays when his number's called. So, and then you draft a guy. So you're very deep at this position, which is a good thing. The thing about the top four is, especially the two guys you brought in, and, and Randall Cobb and Brandon Cooks, those guys have deep playoff experience, even Super Bowl experience. They play with some of the best quarterbacks in the game, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and they understand how to prepare, how to be veterans. And when you bring guys like that in, that can only help Deshaun Watson. It makes his whole core better. And a guy like Isaiah Coulter, a rookie coming in, great opportunity for him to learn from, from, learn from those veterans and be, be ready to step up when his number is called. No doubt. And I want to get into Coulter in just a bit with you, but you just brought up something really key that Brandon Cooks actually was asked about last week in a media conference call via Zoom. He talked about the, the, the quarterbacks he's played with, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, and Jared Goff. And they asked him, do you see any similarities in Deshaun Watson that you've seen in some of those guys? Now, obviously, Brady and Brees, they're on a different plane than Goff, but it's three quality QBs. And he said, yeah, there's a lot that I see that's similar, and there's nothing that this guy can't do. There's no throw he can't make. It's really fascinating, the career arc of, of Brandon Cooks, in that he's played with the greats and really never had to, to kind of slug his way through a whole season with a quarterback who's not up to those standards. He's been very fortunate because I've had to play with some interesting guys, and, of course, <laughs> of course, many other guys that have played with some interesting guys. So he's been very – uh, blessed and favored as far as playing with Drew Brees first and then going to, I believe, the Patriots and then playing with Jared Goff and playing with Tom Brady and all those guys. He's been very fortunate. He knows a lot and learned a lot from being around greats like that. Those guys are arguably the greatest in their position, right? You could argue case for Drew Brees. You could argue case, obviously, for Tom Brady, right? But for him to say that about Deshaun Watson is huge. And he's going to bring experience and, and knowledge to Deshaun. It's only going to make Deshaun better. You assume he's healthy. He says so. Bill Bryan has said so. So let's assume that he's healthy. If that's the case, you've got another one, number one receiver in the mix, along with the guy who you've talked about many, many times, is of a number one receiver caliber in Will Fuller. Now, Fuller needs to stay healthy too, but when Fuller's yeah. on the field, he's an absolute game changer. Bill O'Brien has said he's a touchdown maker. What does yeah. Will Fuller have to do this season? Will Fuller is the, the best receiver on the team right now. He is the number one guy. He is the guy that gets this offense going. Obviously, last year when he was out, the offense seemed to struggle a little bit. 
But listen, when you have a guy like Will who can do all that he can do, he can take the top off, he can run any route on the route tree, and then you add veterans like Cobb and Cook that can do the exact same thing he can do, especially Cobb in that slot. Listen, the pressure is not really on Will, if that makes sense. Because you know, obviously, D-Hop's gone. It's, a lot of people may think the pressure's on Will Footer to step up. The pressure's like evenly cast it out. Like, so it's not, of course, he wants to stay on the field and he wants to, you know, do what he does best. But, I mean, when you got weapons like that, it's not, the pressure, if I had to be honest, Will Fuller shouldn't feel a lot of pressure as far as – because he got playmakers around him. He's going to still get one-on-one coverage. He's still going to have the opportunity to make his plays down the field. It's a matter of him staying healthy, and if he can do that, we'll see some great things from Will Fuller. So we've talked about Fuller. We've talked about Cooks. You brought up Cobb. I had forgotten that you guys came into the NFL the same year together. You also can throw the ball a little bit. Each have touchdown passes as professional wide receivers in the NFL. <laughs> what? What's what an interesting addition he is to this offense now. You just mentioned how pressure gets distributed evenly. Is this perhaps the most complete slot receiver the Texans have ever had under Bill O'Brien? I think so, man. He is a guy that um, I think a couple years ago was battling some injuries in Green Bay, and then last year he looked outstanding in Dallas with Dak Prescott and those guys. He is somebody that can play um, this slot very, very well at a high level. He is somebody that, if you look at this slot position, is so important for this offense. And um, I don't know if they found a, a particular slot that they loved. They might have liked some, but not loved. And I think Randall Cobb can be that guy. He can be the guy in the slot. He's a very intelligent guy, very smart. Um, he's, he's versatile, can do a lot of things in that slot. And it takes a lot to learn that slot position. But he's a veteran. He definitely can handle it. So he might be the best slot that we've seen. And I'm looking forward to seeing him get some connections with uh, Deshaun Watson. Now, as somebody who played at a smaller college, do you feel a little bit of a kinship with a guy like Isaiah Coulter who the Texans take out of Rhode Island? I do. And anybody that comes from a small school, even though he, he was still Division One, it, it's still like, you know, I understand your hustle. I understand your grind. I understand what it takes. I understand, like, being a mid-round pick and coming in, the odds are against you, whatever the case may be. For him, it's going to be big. He, he has to play special team because that's going to be the biggest thing for him. He has to show that he can go on the field and make plays when his number is called. But when you got all these veterans in front of you like this, it's important to um, make sure you're on special teams. But I love seeing guys get a shot, get an opportunity. He's a big guy. He's raw. I think he's have a lot to learn. But like I said earlier, in what better position could you be in? You're behind Kenny Stills, Will Fuller, Randall Cobb, Brandon Cooks, guys who played with some of the best, guys who understand what it takes to be a, a, a true pro and have success in this league. So he's in a good situation. Good breakdown of the receiving core. We got to get into Drew's dozen now. So uh, buckle up. And tell me about your hair situation because, you know, there's no <laughs> barber shops and stuff. What have you done? How are you handling it? I'm not, man. I'm, I'm just letting it go. I'm struggling right now. My wife hates it. I would show you the top of my hair, but I'm losing hair in the front. Uh-oh. So I try to keep a low cut, but I can't okay. do that. I can't do that now. So I'm looking crazy. That's why I wear a hat in all my interviews. <laughs> So uh, it's been an interesting time. I can't wait today. Open barbershops back up. Whatever phase that is, I'm waiting for that phase. Until about the day after the draft, I just let it grow, and I hadn't gotten a haircut in about two, three months. And so I was just kind of like a chia pet. And so I broke down, and my wife, she got me up on the side. So I'm going with the clean you look ring. good, though. Thank you. you thanks. It's all her. I mean, she, she did it, not me. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking, for, I'm looking forward to the return of barbershops and, and uh, all that. So what – is the guiltiest pleasure that you miss the most with all this going on? Oh, wow. Probably me sneaking out 
when the kids are asleep and, and going to get some ice cream or some cookies or something, just able to <laughs> get my, I'm a, I'm a fat person on the inside. So just able to get my sweets and nobody bother me just for 20 minutes and then come back. So the <laughs> sweet tooth to interludes have been lacking with uh, all this going on. I'm sorry yes. to hear that, my friend. I hope, hope the sweets get, uh, get flowing again sometime soon. All right. Have you binge watched it? I know you've got seven children, so it's probably tough to binge watch anything, but have you gotten into any shows during this time? I have. Like you said, it's tough, um, but I have. Mad Singer, uh, my, my family loves, so we watch that on Fox every Wednesday, I think it is. All right. It's a show, it's a show called For Life on ABC, which uh -huh. is pretty good. Ozark, Ozark, I love. Yes, you and me, yeah. You like, did Ozark, you get to go did Ozark you finish is up? Awesome. I didn't. I'm like in the middle of it. It's hard. You know, it's a lot of bad stuff in there for kids. So I'm trying, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to, <laughs> first episode with them get stabbed in the hands. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. wait. <laughs> kids get out of here. But yeah. um, hey, what else on Netflix? There's a lot of stuff on Netflix. Me and the wife try to watch on the late night. So, yeah, we're definitely, Ozark is probably my favorite right now. Yeah, Ozark's good stuff. When this all ends, what's the first thing you're going to do that you're not able to do right now? Get a haircut. Did you just That's see it, my head? Yeah. Did, you, did you see this? <laughs> oh, no, I, I need to get a haircut. But, no, probably. Besides a haircut, hey, there's so many little things you, you just miss and you don't realize it till it's gone. You know what I mean? So you can't go out there and do stuff. So probably just take my family out to the park and just enjoy that again. Um, just little small stuff, going to the movies, stuff like that. Going back to the family. So you had four children and then about a year or so ago, you and your wife had triplets. How are you entertaining keeping seven children basically from burning the house down? What's that like? <laughs> <laughs> you know what is is I don't know how long it's been this pandemic we've been like stuck in the house, but we're still trying to figure it out because it's a lot of kids, right? So we, my wife has a does a good job with keeping structure as far as for the kids. So we all fall in line in the morning time. It's basically school from eight to about twelve thirty, maybe about one thirty. After that, I take over, take the kids outside, basically PE class. We go out oh, there. Yeah. I have them, I have them run or I have them play games, whatever case may be. We go outside in our backyard or front yard and have a good time. We try to wear them out. And then after that, you know, it's, of course, you got to eat snacks and lunch in between. And, um, so, and then at nighttime, we try to just let them, let them be themselves, have fun, run around. And about 8, 8, 8 o'clock, 8.15, we try to lay everybody, try to lay everybody down. But since the <laughs> pandemic started, the big four, I like to call them, that's my oldest four, yeah. they've been sleeping in our room. So our room's been crowded. Oh, and the triple sleep is triple sleep in their room. So it's like, what, four plus two? So six kids or six <laughs> people, excuse me, all in one little bedroom. And it's, it's, it's fun, though. We enjoy it. It's a lot, a lot of time to spend with family. So we're trying to, trying to enjoy these moments. All right. Okay. Uh, now tell me this. Breakfast, is it appropriate to eat outside of the, the, the morning or is it only an a.m. type of thing? Oh, no, it's, it's definitely appropriate to eat outside of the morning. I think breakfast for dinner is, is outstanding. I think it's one of the overlooked dinners in, in America. I think it's, it's really, really good. Eggs and, and French toast, and pancakes and sausage at nighttime. Oh, that's, that's hard to beat. Yeah. Can you believe that there are savages out in this world that think that breakfast should only be eaten in the morning? I, I don't know why that you would, I don't know. I, I just can't get along with that. So I'm with you, my friend. Uh, okay. Texans teammates that you still keep in touch with. Who are those guys that you talk with? Oh, wow. Um, who do I still? Well, I'm, let's see. Still in uh, Quentin Demps. Okay. Um, Good safety, yeah. I just talked to him the other day. J. Joe. Talked to J. Joe and Kareem every now and then. Uh -huh. um, Jalen, Jalen Strong. Um, talked to D. Hot not too long ago. 
Um, Hoyers checked up on Hoyers. So I try, I try to keep up with a good amount of guys that I play with. We've, you know, crossed paths with the Texans. So about six or seven I try to keep in touch with. And uh, hey, who else? It's a, it's a lot if, I, if it comes to mind. Um, but then there's, a, there's so many guys on the team. I, you know, I watched the MJ documentary. Oh, yeah. It's like 12, 12 guys on the team. So they can, you know, it's not easy to – it's not hard to keep up with 12 guys. But 53, that's a, <laughs> that's a lot. But those guys, for the most part, yeah. You get them in that spots. Yeah. Okay, if you could give one bit of advice to the guys like Cooks and Cobb who are coming in to this offense like you did, uh, what would it be? That's a good question, Drew. Well, Cooks has an idea of the offense because he played New England. For Cobb and Cooks, I would say, number one, uh, to learn the whole concept. Don't just try to learn one position. Just learn the whole concept because in this offense, you may play anywhere. You may line up anywhere. So as long as you know the whole concept of the play, you have no problem lining up. Number two, understand what the point where the shine points and understand the checks and the hots. If you do those two things, I think you'll be all right. Stay on top of the game. But those guys are pros. They'll be fine. They probably know a lot more than me. They're a lot better than me. So they'll, they'll, be, they'll be fine in, in making that transition to, to Houston's offense. Uh, don't sell yourself short, man. <laughs> all right. Have you, during all this, have you worked out less? Have you worked out more? Have you worked out the same? You know what? I worked out more. Really? I worked out more. Yeah. So I was going about three times a week before. And then since the, everything went down, probably four or five times. What are you doing? I'm jogging a lot. I'm jogging okay. a lot. I'm getting on the road and running some miles. Today was the first time I ran. It's like this app for Nike Running Club. So yeah. I did that the first time today, which is pretty cool. But before that, I was doing another app, which gets up. Just get up in the morning. I like I have my morning jogs. That's the, that's the only time I get to myself, Drew. So I got to get up early <laughs> <laughs> and get some time to myself and be able to get ready for the day. But running, um, a lot of Zoom. So Tuesday and Thursday, I do a Zoom workout. Uh, one of the So I'm a football coach now. All right. Uh, in high school. So one of the coaches there is a Zoom workout every Tuesday and Thursday, about 35 minutes. So I just do that kind of an old man workout, but I like it. Um, <laughs> so I try to probably go about four or five days a week. Now that you're a coach, are you going to wear bike shorts? <laughs> I feel like I have to, right? <laughs> you know what? I don't know, man. Uh, I, I probably would have had some fun. Just have some fun with myself. So yeah, yeah, I probably will for a little bit. Add the polo with the butterfly collar and you're set in like, <laughs> in like five buttons, you know? It'll be perfect. It'll be in It'll be there. Perfect. What road game in 2020 for the Texans are you most – and I, we don't know when it's going to happen because the schedule's coming out probably Thursday, but what road game are you most looking forward to watching the Texans play in? You know, I don't know if I know all the road games this year. Can you run them down for me? Yes, going to Cleveland, going to Pittsburgh, going to Kansas City all the AFC South, and then you go to Detroit and Chicago. So the game I would like to see mostly probably is in Kansas City. Yeah. I think that would be a good job to help, you know, redeem what happened in, in, in the last year. Um, how, just how they react and how, how fired. They're probably going to be fired up for that. That's going to be a game where you, you, were, you, had, you were in a situation where you had the big lead, you know what I mean, and, and you had that taste like, hey, we got a shot at going to the next round. It's like a taste, like a bad taste left in your mouth. So I think I'm excited to see that one. I'm pretty sure that'll be prime time. And then probably Cleveland, just because that's, that's my old stomping. I'm from Cleveland. Um, yep. I, I think Cleveland would be a good, a good team this year. 
Uh, well, I'm a Browns fan secretly, so hopefully that'll be a good. <laughs> but I think that'll be a good matchup between Baker and, and Deshaun. Okay, flipping things over. What about the the home games? Which ones are you looking forward to? You got the Packers here. You got uh, the Vikings here. Plus Patriots. They're coming to town again. So you got some good ones. The Ravens. They'll be here. I think uh, definitely. Oh, you know, what? I'm gonna go revenge game. It's actually two. I want, I want to see Baltimore because okay. when you went to Baltimore, they kicked your butt. So now it's time for you to return the favor yeah. when they get here, and they'll be another good team. Um, that's one of the top teams in the AFC. Or I'm assuming one of the one, they'll be one of the top teams in the AFC just off of their guys coming back. And then I want to see the Titans, man. The Titans are gonna be a. a they're always a feisty, feisty. Hard-fought team. Bray was a good job getting those guys prepared. Those guys always play hard, and I think they're going to be a good team, especially with J. Joe now and him coming back to Houston. I think that would be, I think that would be cool. I think Houston will do a good job giving him a, a, a I don't know, it's not basketball, but they'll 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 you know show respect towards him, and it'll be good for J. Joe to come home and, and see everything. But the Titans always fight hard, so I do want to see, uh, uh, I do want to see the, Houston, the Texans play play the Titans here at home. All right, last thing. Now that you are a coach, what is your go-to coaching phrase that maybe some of the coaches you learned under in your playing days used to use quite a bit? <laughs> this is weird, right? So, you know, with the pandemic, I've been like having like Zoom meetings with either kids or the coaching staff like every other day, which has been cool. It's been cool. Um, we yeah. have a good leader. The head coach does a really good job of preparing us and, and getting us right and getting our minds right for whenever this does break and get with the kids. Um, but I've been like practicing my my lines. Like, what what am I going to say? And and it's weird. I don't want to break them out yet. I want to actually get in and, and let it flow. Um, but one of them, <laughs> one of my who who said it? Jerry Sullivan said this when I was in Jacksonville. He was always talking about us when we go in and block as a receiver. Some receivers like to block, some didn't. I was indifferent. I'm like, you know, I, I got to do it, so I'll do it. But he always would say, "Don't run in there with high heel shoes on." So <laughs> go in there and block like a man. So that's been something I've been saying in my head. Um, not sure if I want to say it or not, but it's been pretty funny just trying to memorize or practice my one-liners. Bike shorts, the butterfly collar, and no high heel <laughs> shoes. I like it, Cecil Shorts. This has been Drew's Dozen. Hey, man, it's always good catching up with you. I really appreciate the time and best of luck through this and through the coaching as it comes up. Sound good? Hey, appreciate it, man. Always fun. All right, take care.